actor Eric Banner as a detective trying to find out what happened to a woman missing in the Australian bush in the follow-up film to The Dry. The new one's called Force of Nature. Alice? Alice? Thank God, can you hear me? Are you okay? Daniel knows. Alice? Alice! Alice has been on her own for more than 30 hours. Why does she call you? A couple of feds out of their natural habitat. Daniel Bailey, you work with Alice? She's a very highly regarded member of our team. No mobile phones. You need a social media free weekend, ladies. You'll survive. Your mind starts to play tricks on you out there. Like you're being watched. Eric Banner is someone who's being watched a lot. He plays Detective Aaron Fork once again in this new film, the laconic sleuth who catches killers by being colorblind to red herrings. And there's a, a shoal of those in Force of Nature, The Dry 2. The Dry, the first film, Dry 1, if you like, was set in The Dry, the Australian outback, but this time he's out in the very wet mountain ranges of Victoria looking for the aforementioned Alice. She's with other women on a corporate bonding exercise, but she knows dangerous secrets. And the question in the movie is, who knows she knows them? Eric Banner has had major roles in The Incredible Hulk, Black Hawk Down, the film Chopper, Finding Nemo, the blockbuster Troy. His career goes from strength to strength. But his feet are kept firmly on the ground on Aussie soil more now with lots of charitable work and a passion for motor racing. He's also a staunch, if often disappointed, St Kilda supporter in the AFL. Eric, good morning. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure, Jim. Thanks for having me. You know, it's been a tradition in our wider family, just before we talk about the new movie, to watch The Castle once a year. (laughs) And over the years, I've chatted to three of the stars who were with you in that film, and I would always remember you for that if you'd never made another movie. The karate scenes with the punching bag and coming back from holiday in Asia and saying, it's the culture, the place is full of culture. (laughs) (laughs) A line you may have forgotten you actually ever uttered. So I suppose people actually, even with all you've done since, they still mention the castle, don't they? Oh, look, it's um, it's, it's such such a treat if you can have something from your past be remembered in any way and that there were some great lines in that in that movie and I was lucky to snag a couple of them <laughs> you did force of nature the dry 2 is again as with the dry the dry 1 based on a novel by Jane Harper you are again the shrewd detective Aaron Fork i saw your character eric described as the Australian Hercule Poirot, but that's not right. He's he's a very voluble character, and yours is laconic. Does that suit you? Um, yeah, I'm just trying to be true to the essence of what Jane had had written. You know, to quote to quote a character from the castle. It's like you're trying to capture the vibe. You know, you're trying to capture the essence of <laughs> of who Aaron Fork is, and and it might be slightly different to. What's in the reader's minds? You're never quite sure, but it's, yeah, it's just about creating a sense of ownership that you can inhabit, so that it can be sort of um, something that you can fully sketch. As an aside, Deborah Lee Furness, Hugh Jackman's ex, that was a surprise. I'd never seen her act, and she is really good. All the cast are first class, but she's great. Yeah, she's a wonderful actor, and she. I think the last 
big film she did here was perhaps Ginderbine. So she's a dear old friend of mine and, and Rob, and so we just approached her and we knew she'd be perfect as Jill, as the leader of those five women who, who head out on this team-building exercise and get lost. And there's a sort of element of kind of fish out of water for Jill that, that, that um, worked perfectly for, for Deb, but at the same time, she's really tough and strong. Um, and we knew those qualities would, would come through. And so, yeah, the, the, the five women, the cast that we put together is just amazing. So without giving too much away for people who saw The Dry, you again have to confront your past as a young man, in this case as a boy, as you search for a woman who's gone missing in dense bush and you are burdened with your own knowledge from that past, from that same area. There's a lot else going on, though, Eric. Yeah, there is, and, and Rob does enjoy our, our director. He does enjoy the kind of dual timeline storytelling, and and it's it's great as an actor because it, it basically means that there's things that the audience are being informed about to do with your character that that you're not then responsible for bringing to the screen, or you just you're responsible for being aware of it, or cognizant of it. And it's, it's a storytelling device, I guess, but it also adds to the drama because the audience has seen what's happened in the past and they bring that into, into, the, into the present. And the fact that the missing woman, and this is obvious from fairly early on, is a whistleblower, police informer, and her companions all work for a powerful but crooked corporation that she knows the inside workings of but it's, um, it keeps you on your toes. You can't guess the ending. Listen, you've worked with great directors, Ridley Scott, Steel, Steven Spielberg in Munich, Ricky Gervais, Ang Lee, Guy Ritchie. You would have got along well with Ricky Gervais because you started out as a comedian. So when you look at your... It was your, so much fun. <laughs> well, when you look at your CV, it's formidable. Stand-up stand comedy, because you were a barman as a young man, could you do that now, if pushed, get up on stage and entertain an audience like that? I mean, I'd have to go away and write material, but no, you never forget how to do it. Um, and my brain still works exactly the same way in terms of I, I see the world as sketch comedy, right? I, the way I observe characters, the way my memory works, the way that I frame the world, it's just, it's sketch. And it's actually, it's actually been really helpful in acting because it really helps you break down a script. It helps you break down scenes. It makes you aware of when things are working well or when things are, are not working so well. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's a, it's, a, it's a skill that you ever lose, but you certainly your material gets very old. Yeah, knowing things are working well, that must be a real asset. That's an interesting comment. Roger Ebert, the famous movie critic, picked you as a star early i think you were still a comedian by reputation when you made the movie chopper and he said you cannot look away from him that charisma thing are you born with it or do you acquire it i saw an article in one of the big magazines the other day suggesting you can learn charisma i've got my doubts what do you think oh i think it depends on the character you're playing you know i think some of them can be can be quite quite boring some of them can be really interesting so a lot of it comes down to to the writing i think look we can all act anyone can anyone can act anyone can learn a line and 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 say it on screen i, I think the, the the real challenge is and uh, the, the what you're asking of yourself is do you believe it 
you know, can, do you believe you're that person? Do you believe you can inhabit that skin? And I think the audience can always tell if, if that's not the case. Um, so that's what it's always been about for me. It's about responding to material that I'm convinced that I can be that person. And if, and if I don't feel that response, I'll, I'll always pass, you know, I'll always say no, but, um, there's a lot that's out of your control, but that, that's the one thing that you can control is, you know, whether you believe it yourself. That's a very modest answer, but uh, some people are far more watchable than others. I think that's what Ebert was saying. Before I get back to the new film, you've played a professional poker player, a Trojan hero, a radio journalist, King Henry VIII, <laughs> the Incredible Hulk, a librarian who can time travel, a struggling journalist, and now a smart detective. If you had to inhabit one of your roles for the rest of your life, if you had to choose to become one of them, which one would it be? Oh, dear. Wow. I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> I'd probably have to go... I'd, I'd probably have to lazily go back through my CV and work out which is going to be the cushiest. Um, I think hanging out with Ricky Gervais in a radio station seemed, seemed like the most fun on special correspondence. I might have to go with that character. Yeah, I'd go for a radio journalist because everybody likes <laughs> journalists. Um, <laughs> you know, Hector and Troy, by the way, was always one of my boyhood oh. heroes, probably the biggest, and you play him opposite Brad Whit as the whiny Achilles. Um, Hector was doomed, but he was brave and virtuous. Did you have a special feeling for Hector? I, I really did. I, I just, I love that film so much, and I love playing the role of Hector. And it was funny because I remember when I first met with Wolfgang Peterson um, during, during pre-production, and we talked about the casting and who was going to be playing which role, and he said, it's funny, he said, every guy that I would bring in to talk about the film all wanted to play Achilles. <laughs> and and I was like, I, I, I don't want to play Achilles. I want to yeah. play Hector. Like yeah. I, that to me was the, was the great character. And he said, well, it's just as well because Brad is playing Achilles, <laughs> 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 which I knew at the time. But no, I loved, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great character. I thought the wrong guy died in the end. The wrong um, guy died. That's quite right. Yeah. All right. Uh, the task at hand was filming for Force of Nature hard. The terrain and the weather, you get very wet. There were leeches. There were. There were. Look, it, it was very hard. It was particularly brutal for the crew. We, we were very, very remote. And we were up for it, though, because being local filmmakers, we, we presented a really good case to the, to the authorities that to get into places that people hadn't been allowed to film in before. So we knew with that came a, a real physical challenge for the cast and crew. There was nowhere comfortable to go. There was no trailers. There was no shade for most of the, most of the day. You were just either in the rain or standing under a tree. So um, it was pretty brutal. But at the same time, we really loved being where we were once you took the leeches out, of course. Um, but it's just a beautiful part of, part of Victoria. Good thing you had quite a few Kiwis on the crew. We did. Um, and it's one of the byproducts of how much production there is in the country at the time. I remember um, there was a few big productions at Dockland Studios and elsewhere at the time. And, and we literally, yeah, without without our wonderful, um, some of our Kiwi uh, crew members, we would not have been able to shoot this film. So we're very indebted to them. And I can tell you, yes, they were tough. <laughs> 
Uh, I've had the odd leech on me once, but how do they get onto eyeballs? They got onto the cruiser eyeballs. Well, this is what I heard. I don't know if it was eyeball or eyelid. Oh, okay. Um, now, in the, in the leech's defence, <laughs> in the leech's defence, we were in their habitat. We were there all day, every day, um, and they were very small. You know, these weren't Hollywood leeches from, from the movie Alien. These were <laughs> very, very tiny little leeches. Oh, that's nice. They, you're making them sound almost cute. Someone's got to go into bat for these, these poor critters. Uh, I knew you were a kind man. And force of nature, didn't you get hypothermia as well? Um, close to it. I don't want to give too much away. Um, but, yeah, there was a particularly challenging scene that I, myself and one of my co-stars had to do, which took a little bit longer than it should have. Um, and there were some side effects, let's just say. Yes. I'm not surprised, having seen the preview. We're afraid of the bush when we're watching because the tension ratchets up and up. I assume you're not in real life. You take off into the bush on long rides and things, don't you? Yeah, I, I love it. I, I really do. And I, I know the area that, we, that we've filmed in, but it was excited to get access into parts that I can't even get to when I'm on my motor, motorbike because it's by foot only. Um, yeah, I love shooting outdoors. I love being on location. I feel like it's... It adds something to the characters and to your performance. I really don't like filming in a studio because you, there's that sense of being in a casino. Um, you don't know what time it is. You don't know what, how long the day is going to be. You don't know how to, how to kind of pace your energy. Whereas on location, it's like the camera comes out of the box at the beginning of the day and you know exactly when the camera is going to go back in, the, in its case. And there's, I think that... There's something underestimated in that from a creative standpoint. Um, and I've seen it. I've seen it on big films when we've filmed in studios and the directors have no limitations. And the days can literally go forever. I mean, I've been on a 23-hour shoot before. Okay. And um, there's this notion that you're, you're getting more by being there longer. And it's quite opposite, quite, quite often the opposite. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, that, that paradox is probably even realised by people not in movies the, sen For sure. the sense of what you're saying you'd be proud of this new film because it looks really good I mean gee cameras have changed since you started shooting uh, since the days of the castle but there's that look of the outdoors now the clarity of it that's just so impressive yeah look we went to a lot of trouble both on the dry and this film to to make the landscape as epic as possible because we want people to see this on the big screen we really we really think it's a challenge with the streamers these days and a lot of you know great television that well what's why should someone go to a cinema you know so it's a lot of work goes into the sound design and the oral experience and the lenses that we use and the cameras that we use and the and the way that we we we, we frame everything and shoot it so it's not an accident. We want the film to feel really, really big in scale. Um, and, and that's what excites us about these adaptations. It's super slick. Is it a franchise now? Uh, I don't know how many novels uh, you can use uh, written by Jane, but do you think it'll go on? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, we never, we never even discussed this one whilst we were making The Dry, to be completely honest. 
Um, and then after after the film became a huge hit, we looked at the, the second book in the series, of which there are three, and we applied the same rigour to it. It was basically, well, can you do a really cinematic version of this? How, how do we justify putting this on a big screen? So if we were going to ever consider doing a third one, we'd, we'd have to apply the same lens and rigour to that, and I, I couldn't answer that right now. I think you've said that acting can be hard and lonely. You're only a couple of bad performances away from no one talking about you again. Uh, for someone as successful as you, though, it seems like the most glittering profession of all when you look at your CV. So it's what? It's like wearing the ultimate mask acting. It, it's, I mean, it seems, it's obviously harder than it looks, to use the cliche. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I find acting a lot easier than the um, the other side, like a promotion side. Um, but it's just about I think it always feels easy if you've got great material and and that's why I'd, I'd rather not work than than just you know work for the sake of it because the reality is there's not there's not that many great films out there there's not that much great great material and so you've got to wait for it and you've got to you've got to really try and try and find the stuff that then makes the job the job easy because it's really hard to turn bad material into great performances um, and so yeah, I, I really, I really put the writer first. I think, I think the writer is king, and and then after that, it's the, it's the director. And so I try, I just try and always work with the best possible people to give me the best possible chance. Yeah, well, you've chosen well. Just a couple of important questions to close. Will the St Kilda AFL club ever win the competition? They will, Jim. They will. I can't. I, I don't know exactly which year. My crystal ball has failed on many accounts, um, but I feel like we're getting closer. I do. <laughs> How come I didn't quite believe that when you said it? No, I shouldn't be rude. A great team, St Kilda. And these interviews often close with um, someone like you being asked quickfire questions, which I've never quite worked out because actors seem to get inflicted with them. But I have one. Um, <laughs> okay. You're in a room with a leech and a funnel web spider. Uh, you can only kill one of them. Which one? Oh, it's going to have to be the funnel web spider. But don't they leave you alone if you don't bother them? Well, I, I'm assuming you mean like you're going to be bitten by one of them. Yeah. But yes, if I was in a room with both of them and they were quietly in the corner, you're right, I wouldn't touch them. Right. Okay. I, ca <laughs> oh, I can't ask you any more about that without giving stuff from the movie away. Yes, that's very true, Jim. We've got to be careful. Thank you very much for your time and well done on the film and uh, all the rest of the, of the projects in store, Eric. Thanks very much, mate. Eric Banner.